I'm delighted to welcome today uh, the very lovely Anita, uh, Anita, Anupa, Anupa Roper. <laughs> um, and we're going to be talking about body image Anupa, aren't we? Yes, we are. That's a, a big part of my background and what I'm doing now going forward. So body image, um, it's very emotive subject for a lot of young people and tell it tell us why you got into this in the first place what is it why has it become your kind of mastermind specialist subject yeah so really um i'm in my background as a primary school teacher i've been a primary school teacher for 17 years um and then when covid hit last year i decided to set up an instagram page and for a number of years i'd say maybe five or six years i kind of felt like I wanted to share my story because I come from the opposite side of the spectrum that you would imagine to have body image issues. So I've always been um, very slight. And so, um, you know, living in a sort of skinny, as you would call it, body from a child and growing up and even as a woman and even after having two children. So I didn't see that really represented on social media. So I just wanted to put a page out there. I started a page um, and I was talking about my own body image issues, but I hadn't seen Instagram until last April. And then when I went on to start my page, it just really shocked me what was out there and the pressures that the young must feel to have a certain body type or body image. And my daughter turned 11 and I thought, right, I'm going to use my lived experiences and the way it made me feel without that social media presence in a world where I didn't have that you know, when I went home every day at night, I'm going to use that my lived experiences to support the young because I don't want the next generations growing up struggling with the way that they look. So is your daughter, your 11 year old, well, is, is she 11 now or 12 now? How yeah, she's 11. She's coming up for 12. Okay. And is she slight as you are or does she have any issues? No, it's funny, actually, because she is 11, coming on to 12, and my son is 10, and it's actually my son that is very similar to my build, and I can see more of my build in him, and my daughter, potentially, I don't know where she gets her build from, but I would say she's not as slight as I was at her age, who knows as time goes on, because obviously her body will develop, but at the moment, I would say she probably isn't my body type, but my son is, and it's funny you should say that, because we were at a park last summer and we bumped into one of my son's friends and his friend then said to my son you're so skinny you know I um, don't you eat anything and because of the work that I've been doing and the language that I use and the way that I talk my son said back to this boy I'd prefer it if you call me slim and actually I do eat a lot so hopefully he's got the tools in his pocket going forward Brilliant. That's that's excellent. And it shows that uh, what you're doing is, is rubbing off in the right way. Fabulous. And, and that that brings about the, the subject of confidence and self-esteem. So how does that how have you seen that relate um, to young people who have got body issues and challenges? Yeah, I think it's just that balance, isn't it? Where what is important? Is it important for us to feel good about who we are and what we do and how amazing our bodies are? It's such a big picture, isn't it? The self-esteem and confidence. But I think the focus is too much on what we look like and it's being perpetuated by social media. And it's our place, isn't it, as parents and, you know, the generation that have already been through those experiences to teach the young and give them different messages, you know, and support that self-esteem by 
thinking about things other than appearance. I think their self-esteem and confidence can be built by, you know, we talk more about what are our children good at? What are the young people around us interested in? You know, rather than, I, I often say when I talk on podcasts and things, it is quite easy for us when we come across other people's children to say, oh, wow, you've grown, or isn't that a nice top that you're wearing? Or, wow, your hair's so beautiful and curly, whatever it might be. But all we're really doing is perpetuating the idea that their worth is based on what they look like as opposed to what they do. So, yeah, it's about, I think it's all about having these conversations. And like you said about the situation with my son, you know, it's amazing that he's able to, that it's rubbed up off on him. And I think that's the whole point, isn't it? That if we open up this conversation and people hear this and people hear other conversations, then hopefully within their family, they can start those conversations early, um, you know, thinking about, talking talking about how amazing our bodies are talking about um you know the skills that we have and even when things you know we're not great at things but talking about all of those different things but um you know as well I always say um which is another topic because I, I always go off topic but another topic is that I talked just touched on language there and the way that we talk about food and the way that we talk about nutrition and the way that we talk about exercise and actually we very much focus on, well, let's eat less and let's exercise, but it just takes the joy out of life, you know? And yes, yeah, so I know I strayed a little bit away from self-esteem, but it's important that we focus on the young as a whole. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And that we do, we are here to live. We are here to enjoy ourselves. So we shouldn't be teaching them denial at such a young age and how we have to, you know we have to do this amount of exercise and burn off this amount of calories and we're not allowed to eat this because it's bad it's just I think it's really negative messaging for them it's not only negative messaging and you haven't gone off piece at all because it's all it's all connected um it's not only negative um it's destructive and it's wrong because we are all different and slim people have a totally different metabolism to bigger people and sometimes no matter what you do what you eat your body has its own way of dealing with things so some people actually thrive on high fat content and some people thrive on um, different types of calories intake so the type of metabolism that we have and, and there's four key types there's lots of different <clears throat> blends but there's four key types of metabolism and according to your 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 family you and your son clearly are fast metabolizers um, so you, your body works a different way. So the work that I do with uh, mentoring on health and well-being, we have um, uh, a laboratory analysis that, that just takes a bit of hair from the back of the scalp. Obviously, you do oh, it wow. yourself. You send it off to the laboratory and that analyzes the mineral uh, ratios and toxicity in your body and the balance between minerals. And people think that, oh, they hear I must take zinc or, or vitamin C or calcium or magnesium, whatever it is. And they're, they're actually potentially doing more harm than good because their body will regulate itself if you give it the right environment. But the problem is we have so much toxicity coming at us from all angles from the personal products we use that have got all sorts of nasties in from, you know, what's falling out of the sky from the you know fumes and all sorts of things around us, even in the home. So by working in the home at the moment, there's plastics around, fumes come off of them, there's fibres that come into us and that all affects our metabolism, our 
so it has an effect on our metabolism our way of um you know our body helping itself so there's so much can be uh, ascertained from having a, a hair mineral analysis or a dry blood analysis which i offer and is part and parcel of what i do um but also our behavior so my my, my key expertise is behavioral profiling and, and particularly with young people um, and I've got a software system that's available free of charge to those who work with young people. So I'll be happy to talk to you about it on a separate occasion. Yeah. But what you're saying about the language is so important. We tell ourselves as well as commenting on other people. So maybe instead of saying to somebody, you know, I do it myself all the time, you know, your hair's lovely or I like your glasses or, you know, whatever it is, because that's how we're programmed. But I'm trying to remember to say to people, oh, um, you know what a lovely day how, how did you spend your time and from that you can yeah. ascertain a lot about somebody can't you yeah and I think it's I think it's fine to compliment people on appearance because I also talk about a balance between of course we want to be well presented and I'm not saying we should all turn up without doing our hair and makeup and we should all just feel comfortable rolling around in our pajamas it's a case of just feeling secure in ourselves to know that us as a whole in our personality, who we are, what we do, um, you know, how we treat people, it's all part and parcel of the same thing. So it's okay to appear okay. But um, yeah, like you say, it's difficult. We do naturally turn to that first thing, you know, we see someone and how they look and it's okay to comment on that, I think. Yeah, but it's about um, appreciating the whole um, and yeah, it's interesting you say about metabolism, because I have got a really fast metabolism, obviously. And I have only ever, I mean, through my whole life, apart from my two pregnancies, I have weighed seven stone. That's just how much I weigh. And it doesn't, you know, I don't look as though I'm underweight. It is the natural size of my body. Um, but I don't overeat, but I don't undereat either. I do very much listen to my body and we, I eat, you know, very, very regularly. I have, I'm, I'm hungry when I wake up. I have breakfast, I have a snack, I have my lunch, I have a snack, I have dinner, I have a snack. And that's how my day goes. And if I don't feel, you know, I do generally finish my dinners because I think that's been programmed into me and being quite slim, I think, oh, I have to eat that up. But yeah, that's true. You know, we are, we do all have different metabolisms and, we do have to think a bit more about how our body feels and everyone is a natural sort of size and shape naturally and I think sometimes people might see that when we're sending that message to the young about accepting our bodies that we're saying oh it's fine just do what you like eat what you like and be what you like it's not saying that it's saying that actually um it actually raises their self-esteem and then they want to look after their bodies and they want to you know keep healthy because we're talking in a different way aren't we but language covers so much it is about that how we talk when we come across somebody how we talk when we come across children but then delving deeper you know it's about body language and what our children see when we put on clothes and we might turn our nose up at how we look in the mirror um, or we might just make a little comment to a partner or a husband or whoever and we might say oh does this look okay you know I don't really like my skin today and so they soak all of that up and in that they think you know that we're putting appearance as high up as we can and actually we need to think that that's not the most important thing but the food thing as well I mean it's you know whenever I talk about you know thinking about not thinking about food as good and bad quite often people go oh I do always say that and I do always say oh we're having a treat or 
But that language, it's it, again, like you say, it's really harmful because we're saying you can only have that food if you've been good or you've done this, you know, as a treat. And we're also saying if we're calling that food bad, you're bad. If you eat that food, you're bad. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, in our house, we very much talk about what things are nutritious and we say, that food is food we eat less often because actually when we eat that food how does it make us feel it makes us feel sluggish and it makes us feel tired and we like it at first but then it makes us feel a certain way and it's okay to enjoy it I eat chocolate I eat crisps but even I think you know I did eat a lot when I was younger and my metabolism meant that I could eat a lot more food but you know, I'm now coming up for 43 and I am careful about what I eat, but more because I want to look after my body, you know, and I think that's important, that message. Absolutely. The people that I mentor through cancer, um, very often they lose a lot of weight because of the treatment that they're undergoing. And I say to them, if you were going to Weight Watchers or any of these slimming clubs, you would be getting prizes for um, your weight loss you know you'd be coming back with certificates every week so don't worry that you're losing too much your body will find its natural way and clearly you were overweight in the first place so losing weight in certain circumstances freaks people out because they think they shouldn't be losing weight and it's a sign of something wrong um, which isn't necessarily the case so you need to look at the whole situation for somebody the whole context of you know what their metabolism is like what their lifestyle is like what their work environment is like so you, know, you often get um, there was something in the I think it, I don't remember it's the 40s or the 50s something called busman's stomach and oh, my wow. my granddad was a bus driver and um, um, I, I don't know whether he actually had this condition as it you know identified basically you're sitting driving all day so lorry drivers bus drivers whatever um, if you're if they're eating the wrong foods it's just literally sitting around the stomach and if they're a certain age where the hormones have changed as well which is another factor which a lot of people don't take into consideration as we age our body changes and mm. uh, morphs into you know a lot of women have like the midriff around the middle sort of thing in in middle ages so on so everybody's different there's no one size fits all what, what about these um um i don't know if they're sites or, or social media posts i suppose you call them um it's okay to be fat look at me i'm fat and i'm wonderful and i've, I've got lots of confidence and just because I'm fat doesn't mean to say I'm a bad person. I mean, this you know, what 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 does that say to the young generation? It's, yeah, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because we're obviously saying accept your body for what it is, and we're also saying that we all have a natural metabolism. So I get that some people live in a larger body, and I get it from the other side because I naturally live in a smaller body, and so if somebody was um you know pointing out my sort of you know oh you're so skinny I bet you don't eat and you know making comments like that it would be quite hurtful but uh, it's really hard isn't it because I like I like self-acceptance I want people to accept themselves and it also doesn't necessarily mean that somebody in a larger body is unhealthy because they could be trying their best to be healthy but I guess we all know that with a lot of weight comes health issues and other problems. And I guess if you're saying it and on the side of it, you're just eating really unhealthily and you're putting a lot of fat into your body, then I don't agree with it because I don't think it's okay to say, because you've got to remember as well, I think a lot of the people that are doing those social media posts are probably a lot younger and therefore they've got their whole life ahead of them. And how are these things going to affect them? 
you know, when they're my age and your age, you know, I don't think it's natural to sustain that. So I think the messaging is okay if that person is also teaching about maybe what they eat and that actually I do eat nutritionally and look at what I eat, but this is my body and this is naturally what my body falls back onto and I've been checked and everything's fine and this is my natural body. But if they're literally just saying, I'm happy, I wanna eat what I like, I only live once, then it's a dangerous path, I think, and probably a dangerous message to say, because that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying go out there and eat what you like, do what you like and be happy in your own body. I'm saying, let's take care of our bodies. Let's focus on other things outside of our appearance. But if we're thinking about appearance, you know, we will feel better if we eat better. We will feel better if we move joyfully. And, you know, and it's about encouraging our families to get out and move. You know, we're not a naturally sporty family. We don't do, um, you know, organized sport, but we will always go for walks. Um, you know, when, when we could, we were going indoor climbing and we go for bike rides and the kids, you know, love scootering. So it's about what message. I think each probably each influencer on social media will have a different message. And I think it's just whether they're thinking about the young or not. Mm. Years ago, I used to run cardiovascular health clinics. And um, as you said, people who are larger, there are health challenges inevitably. So, for example, pressure on the heart, increased blood pressure, etc. So when I was running these clinics, I had a device that I could tell what's going on in the body again I'm a, a great believer in assessing you know what your body is doing so you can then take any action if you need to um, more on a prevention rather than a cure kind of basis and the number of people that I, I checked um, including young kind of 20 21 year old personal trainers who appeared fit as a fiddle and yet the test that I ran on them showed their arteries one lady she was 21 and her arteries were that of a 99 year old. And when I pressed her on it, you know, this, this, this is not congruent with what I should be expecting. Oh, well, I eat pizzas, um, Diet Coke, Red Bull, blah, blah. And she, was, she wasn't congruent with what, you know, she was showing people how to be fit physically, yeah. but against a background of eating rubbish. And it was, it was just awful. And I, and I often used to come across that type of behavior. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it, I think just society in itself, it's about having these conversations because what do we say in society? We, we sort of think it's quite normal for, you know, adolescents up to, you know, maybe having children and being 30 to eat in that way, to just think, oh, well, we have fast food and we have takeaway. And my kids have never had a McDonald's and they're not denied, you know, they don't, they haven't asked for it. They were vegetarian anyway, but they never really asked to go to fast food places because we've always taken them to places that, you know, cook from fresh. And actually we don't go out very often, even before COVID because we eat fresh meals that are cooked at home and they have a variety, but yeah, it's not, I guess it's a, as a society, we just accepting that it's quite normal that children, you know, people in their twenties will be eating pizza and having chips and having takeaway and what is being sold to them as well. You know, the advertisers, it's just awful. And actually if these conversations start from young, like hopefully my children won't want Red Bull and they won't want Coke. And they even say now, you know, oh, my friends drink Coke and it's got so much sugar in it, mummy. You know, when we did these experiments at school, but as parents, as adults, we have to instill that in our young, you know, and yes, of course, 
we all went off and did our own thing as you know as adolescents when we went to union we made our own decisions and we were rebels against our parents and there will be a little bit of that but you've got to hope that your messages have sunk in deep enough that they may have it every now and again that they may have those foods every now and again but they know that actually if I eat that food every day it's not going to make me feel great and just because I go to the gym and exercise you know it's actually People always say to me, people always used to say to me, oh, it's all right for you. You can eat whatever you like. And like I said, perhaps when I was a bit younger, not I didn't eat awful food, but I would maybe have bigger portions of things. Certainly I would eat more than I probably needed to. But as I've got older, you know, I have to say to people, but I've got a heart inside me too. You know, I've got a body that's trying to work too. And actually I have to look after it. So, okay, I might be able to eat all the chips I want to without putting on a massive amount of weight, but what is that going to do to me on the inside? Well, you can guarantee you'd probably end up with acne because um, all the <laughs> trans fats, um, and that's why a lot of a lot of young people, they, they have acne because on their you know, facial spots, on their on their skin because of the fats that uh, that, that are consumed with with the chips and the pizzas and everything else. Um, aside from the fact that their hormones are changing and that produces you know their glands work differently you know as, as they're growing. So to add insult to injury and then encourage them to eat badly as well. I mean you know some of them end up with scars on their faces and it's really sad because it's it's so unnecessary. Again, it's funny, it's funny you should say that because that just came up in conversation the other day. So my daughter is obviously coming up for 12. She just had these little tiny, um, more like sort of heat spots really on the top of her head. And she said, oh no, mummy, I'm going to start to get spots now. And I said, because of your hormones, you will maybe get a little bit of bad skin. But I said, I can promise you, well, I'm hoping to promise you that you won't have really awful skin because I said with our diet and what we eat, it's really healthy. And hopefully that will promote you not getting really, really bad skin. So it is true. Yes, of course, there are hormones, but that's the other thing, isn't it? We're in control and it's not about denying our children. It's actually good for our children. It's good that we have these conversations and that we get them to question things as well you know we don't just put the coat I see so many families where I know we've mentioned coke and you know probably need to pay them for how much we to them but or they need to pay us but you know it's how it's just natural to pour it out and put it on the table and sometimes we're not even allowing the children to make that choice you know because they might think differently and we're just giving it to them or we're just taking them to the fast food outlet to get a takeaway and have we asked them what they would prefer or do they want to spend some time cooking some food I don't know you know we we are a society that just perpetuates the bad and doesn't make enough change I think there's also not enough old people around now to remember um you know wartime when cooking and rationing was was a you know a real art and the balance all of that you never ever saw fat people in the wartime because there were rations so and, and also people had physical jobs. So society has changed so much over the years. Sedentary jobs, fast food introduction, sugar every which way you can turn. So life is totally different. But I take my hat off to you, Anupa, for encouraging your children because they're obviously seeing that you cook from scratch every day, which to me is the only way to be. I, I, just, I just cannot, I just can't imagine it, even eating a pizza. Um, I do eat pizza from time to time, but it's homemade. Um, yeah, we all ingredients, you know. So there's lots of fun things you can do with children. 
so yeah. when you're when you're teaching at school um do you introduce these conversations of you know about food and and image and everything well sadly i haven't actually been teaching this last year because i'm a cover teacher in my children's school so i've actually come out of teaching a little bit but when i was a teacher i did always used to even it was funny actually because the area that i worked in was quite a deprived area and so one of the first conversations I would always have in circle time after I'd done the register because I worked with quite young children was to talk about what did you have for breakfast and it would bring up interesting conversations about what they had had and you know um, whether their whether their parents were there or not there and what difference that made and what they were eating so yeah I did always used to talk about that I didn't at that stage have the passion that I do now about body image so I don't really think I taught too much about that um not openly with the children but i did always talk about you know attributes and skills and always about promoting that and i don't think i've ever i think because of my own lived experience i don't think although i, I did say to you when we meet someone we might comment on the way that they look i think i've probably done that less than other people because of my own lived experience so for me appearance never has been an important issue because when i was younger and had experienced all these issues. I very much built a personality and concentrated on being kind and being the best person that I could rather than, you know, being thinking about the way that I look. And, you know, I know people would look at me and think, well, how have you got body image issues? And, you know, I've always been quite slim. And But that's the other thing, isn't it? The assumptions about who is happy in their body and who is not happy in their body. And, it's about the fact that anybody can struggle with their weight, with the way that they look, with their food, with their eating. And it's about us all just providing the support that we can. So, yeah, but as a teacher, I have written a book. So this year, although I've not been teaching, this is a book that I've written. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, so it's called Sparrow Legs, which is obviously based on me. So Sparrow Legs was a nickname that my PE teacher gave me. And um, it didn't really upset me at the time. And I was probably 12 or 13 because I had a very good relationship with him. And I knew that it was a term of endearment. I don't think he'd get away with it now. But, you know, back then it was a term of endearment. And when I was setting up my Instagram page, I thought, what should I call it? because initially it was just about me and I thought oh I remember I used to get called this nickname and I thought I'm going to embrace it because like you say we are all a certain body type and so what if I'm a little bit smaller than the average that's what my body is happy being and I eat well and I'm you know we exercise to a certain degree and I do look after myself so it's fine so I called it sparrow legs so the book is called sparrow legs and it's about a sparrow who she just learns to love the feathers that she's in she realizes how amazing her body is and she thinks about the beauty that's inside of her. So it is a book for under sevens because when I was um, doing a bit of research around body image in the young, I actually got a quote from a PhD candidate in, um, at Bristol University. And this quote says, children can begin judging others based on their appearance as early as four years old. And it just really... It really shocked me that we, we don't realise that. And when you think about what we are inputting in our children from the, the damage is already done. You know, if, we, if that's when they start judging appearance and then they get to 12 when we start talking about body image and food and nutrition, it's already too late because they've got all of that soaked in, what we've heard, what they've seen. 
So that's why I decided to do my book for younger children. So it's under sevens and it's because I just want the conversation to be opened up. And so many people have come back to me and said, oh, I love your book because we've sat down tonight and we've said, wow, what's amazing about your body? And how do you think Sparrow felt in the book? Because at the beginning, she's getting teased about the size of her body. So, you know, it's just a way of opening up conversation, really. Fabulous title. My first husband used to call me Peanut because yes. I had, well, I still have, a, although you can't see here, like a Marilyn Monroe sort of, you know, hourglass kind of figure although it's yeah. a bit in, in days so I can I can just imagine sparrow legs and peanut going on adventures together <laughs> yeah there are I do want to write a few more books because what I'd really love to do I think um I'd really love to write a few more books and have like an education program that goes with it but maybe some workshops because it is difficult you know and it is it's, it's it, we also shouldn't assume that parents and guardians and carers and teachers know the right thing to say and know the right thing way to behave because sometimes I hear people go oh wow it's so shocking the teachers are saying this you know they're on the playground and they're saying well you shouldn't be eating that because it's unhealthy but if they don't know any different it's not fair to blame them it's about education you know yes, absolutely and I'm sure you know um, and listeners may be aware of this as well that um, the Jesuits have a saying, give me the boy till he's seven and I'll give you the man. And yeah. that's, I, I quote that when I do my disbehavioural profiling talks, because our behaviour is, the lid is on by the time we're about seven years old. So whether it, so whatever it's about, the environment has shaped us, um, peers, parents, uh, society, whatever, um, has instilled all this stuff into us by the age of seven. So thereafter, it's a, it's a case, case of managing it. But of course, we're not taught it, are we? So that's why I've, I've um, specialised in helping students, um, mostly teenagers. But I have taught in um, primary schools and I've taught teachers about the different behavioural styles of their students. So they can then manage them in styles that suit the child rather than stamping the teacher's personality on the class. And we do that with animals. So I've got a, a slide that I talk to, which gives animal characteristics. Oh, wow. You ask the children which animal they identify, if they were one of these animals, which one they would be. Guaranteed virtually every single time they will be choosing a, an animal that resembles the kind of behaviour that they have. So yeah. you know, it's, it, I've done this for years and it's just it's just so, so interesting. That's so interesting, yeah. So maybe we'll have a talk separately. The, the other thing as well, and have you come across the Child Author Project and Jessica um, Prime? Yes, I did see Jessica Prime and I, I am in contact with her. Yeah, on, yeah. On I'm sure yeah. she would love to um, have you perhaps talk within the group there about um, about your, your book and, and um, the whole topic of um, uh, body image, etc. Yeah, I think it's really, yeah, sorry, I was just, just going to say, I think it's really important for all of the work that we're doing is about that education. It is about starting it young. It's about all of us working together in the expertise that we have in the fields that we have. And I don't say that I am an expert in my field because like I said, it's a lived experience, but I know that I want to make a difference in the same way that you do. And you know, that's that's the power, isn't it, of what we do. So um yeah, sorry. Well you are an expert. You're an expert in your body and we should all yes. become experts in our body. <laughs> so how do people get hold of your book Anupa? So my book is available on Amazon or through Book Depository and if you just put in Sparrow Legs and look for this uh, 
Kavite, you'll be able to find it. I had a lovely illustrator do my book. So I'll just show you a picture of Sparrow actually, because she's gorgeous, really gorgeous. Um, oh, how cool. <laughs> yeah, so, so she's very gorgeous. But yeah, Sparrow Lives can be found on Amazon Book Depository. And if you want to contact me or find out more about what I'm doing, I have an Instagram page called Miss Sparrow Legs. And on Facebook, um, just after Christmas, I opened a Facebook group, um, and that is more for parents, carers, teachers. But in there, I'm hoping that we can just have a community that talk more about how we can support the young. Um, you know, because it isn't always about having the complete knowledge and expertise. It's about sharing our bits of expertise and what we've come across. And actually, oh, this happened to me the other day. And, you know, how I dealt with it was this way. It's about us all just sharing the information that we have, I think. Absolutely. Co collaborations being greater than the sum of the parts and all that wonderful stuff. I, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think I've seen that more and more as time has gone on, that we all have our different parts to play and we can all collaborate in bringing up an amazing next generation. Mm -hmm. If only we put our time and energy into it, you know, not just carry on and you can be quite blinkered and just go it's okay you know we'll carry on let, letting them do a b c d and e even with even with in terms of how much access they have i know i'm going on I, i'm a talker i love talking uh, you know even in terms of my the body image stuff i quite often touch on how much they are viewing social media what they're seeing in social media but again that's an area where it can be quite complacent where we just say Oh, well, our children go on this and they go on this and not taking control we are in control and we have to show them the damage that sometimes social media could do it's good it has its benefits but you know like my children don't go on anything in the week they don't use their devices in the week they're not on any social media because they're 10 and 11 but um you know they don't use their tablets or devices in the week and they have them for a little bit at the weekend and again they don't complain because that's what they've grown up knowing and isn't that the whole point is if we make it normal instead of taking it away after it's too late then actually we are more in control absolutely what's your facebook group called it is called sparrow legs funnily enough so it's sparrow legs supporting the young to love their bodies so is that something that any many parent can join any parent any parent carer teacher um, it's open to everybody, you know, because like I said, I just want to build a community and I'm having some guest speakers in actually. So at some point I'll uh, get you in as well, Elaine, on a Thursday. I do guest speakers on a Thursday, but um, I'm hoping to have lots of guest speakers that can talk about their own experiences of body image, what they want for the future of their children. You know, I'll get people, I'm hoping to get people that are a bit more expert on certain topics. So for example, you know, I'm not an expert on eating disorders, but I know it's huge for the young and, you know, it can become a huge issue. I'd love for, to get people that are really clued up on what they're talking about. I used to have an issue with my ears and, um, I'd forgotten all about it over the years because I've had hairstyles that, that I purposely wouldn't show my ears. <laughs> and um, I remember my nan saying to me years ago, because I'm concerned about them sticking out, but, you know, I now know their ears, you know, everybody has yeah. ears, not a big deal. Um, but I never would have had this hairstyle had I not had cancer and gone through all that malarkey. But my nan used to say to me, well, don't worry, dear. She said, just put your elbows on the table, put your hands over your ears. Oh. So when you read a book, you know, that's going to be helping. So you'll be concentrating, looking at the book and you'll be helping your ears. So for years <laughs> and years, I read a book. Like, <laughs> the page, but, uh, but that's how I would read a book. You know, I mean, it sounds oh, 
and I've only just remembered that every time I interview somebody, there's always something that crops up about. That's about so funny. Yeah, amazing. So, um, yeah, there we are. I don't know if sparrows have ears. Sparrow legs. Uh, do sparrows have? I think they do. I've no idea. I don't think so, do they? Well, they won't be what a birds. They must have hearing, but I don't know about ears. There we go. That's a challenge for today. Do birds have ears? <laughs> they must have yes. hearing. Let us know. Yes. Yeah. Answers on a postcard. So, um, sparrow legs. Um, aka Anupa Roper, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real delight uh, speaking with you, and um, I will be sharing your information around and about. And also, feel free to join as Sparrow Legs in my or, or as yourself in my um, health group, which is Perfect Health Wellness Club. Um, I will do, I'll seek it out. No, you get overwhelmed in social media and you see so much. Yes which bits you need to be a part of but I definitely need to be a part of that group so I will be joining thank you so much for chatting to me today I've loved it marvellous take care bye bye for now bye